Giants chairman Greg Johnson keeps saying something very unpopular, that the team's goal is to break even financially. It's something that no fan of this team wants to hear, and yet he says it repeatedly. He said it at Bob Melvin's introductory press conference again. And uh, However, despite all the kind of outrage over these comments, I'm going to explain why I really don't think it's that big of an issue. You are Locked On Giants, your daily San Francisco Giants podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Giants, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. My name is Ben Kaspic, and on this show, we provide daily episodes Monday through Friday, talking about the San Francisco Giants in a way that's data-driven and rational, but also simple, passionate, and accessible to all. I'm a former contributor for the baseball statistics and analysis websites, Beyond the Box Score, and Rotographs. I've been podcasting about the Giants since 2015, and I'm a lifelong fan. Thank you for making Locked on Giants your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. So please check us out there if you haven't already, and please hit that subscribe button wherever it is that you're following the show. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get started. And coming up on today's show, we're going to get to a couple mailbag questions and you know, that pertain to larger topics and also discuss some injury news for the Giants. Yes, off-season injury news with Alex Cobb. Uh, it's kind of major news, so we'll get into that a little bit later on. But the the first kind of mailbag question that I want to jump into, and by the way, I've recently moved. The schedule is crazy. I apologize for the times that these episodes are coming out, and I apologize for those of you on YouTube. My background is not up to its normal standard. I am working on that among a zillion other things as I transition to a new home. But anyway, with that out of the way, the first mailbag question comes from Manny, who says, Farhan said he believes that the Melvin hire will help recruit free agents. But how is that possible when Giants chairman Greg Johnson said the goal is to break even financially? What type of free agents should we expect after those comments? And again, he keeps saying this. And so he's being transparent at the very least. Like there's a lot of owners who just won't say anything of the sort. And so uh, I do think that a little bit more gets made of this than there than it should. Like um, because a lot of teams, their goal is to profit financially. And uh, there's kind of not that many teams that I know of whose goal is to lose money every year on the team. So uh, the fact that he's coming out and saying this, I actually consider it to be like more honest than what you get out of most owners. Now, where the concern lies is what kind of uh, money does that mean they have to spend? And I've talked about this a million times, but their payrolls were consistently around $165 million-ish, $160, $165, and 
This year it jumped up to 195-ish, and you might be thinking, okay, they're willing to spend more. But the uh, I've said this, like MLB sold its share of Bam Tech, the its remaining share of Bam Tech to Disney. I won't bore you with like the details, but they sold it for nine hundred million dollars, and so each team got about thirty, not not about exactly thirty million dollars here, and so. The Giants' payroll jumping from about 165 to about 195 million. If the goal is to break even financially, and you get an extra 30 million bucks, and your payroll goes up by 30 million bucks, it's pretty simple logic that uh, maybe they just use that extra 30 million dollars and spent it on payroll. And so that's where the question is this offseason: Is it okay? Like, if the goal is to break even financially, and what they're taking in equates to about a 160 million dollar payroll then where does that leave them well it does not leave them in a great spot if they're truly trying to get to about 160 million they already have a lot of that committed uh, it depends on a lot of the opt-out decisions because Sean Manaya and Michael Conforto I think are unknowns at this point Ross Stripling has simply stated he didn't pitch well enough to opt out and so we know that the Giants are essentially stuck with Ross Stripling, even though, I mean, the man had a very good 2022 season. So maybe he does that again in 2024, but last year was a disaster for him, frankly. Um, So anyway, what type of free agent should we expect after those comments? Part of the context, if you, if you listened, I assume I'm not assuming Manny that you didn't listen to the full comment by Greg Johnson, but I mean, he was asked about the payroll and stuff, and he just kind of gave an, you know, somewhat honest seeming answer. Uh, but he also, it was about the luxury tax and if they ever envisioned going over the luxury tax. And Greg Johnson said, you know, it's because the, the penalties get stricter and stricter when you exceed the luxury tax year after year. And I think after the third year, it's just like extreme penalties that like a hundred percent tax on like every dollar spent over the luxury tax. So if you exceed it by a hundred million dollars, you're literally paying two hundred million dollars instead of a hundred. And that's kind of what we've seen out of like the Mets owner Steve Cohen is he's paying huge amounts of tax um, for having such a high payroll. And so for that reason, but like if you do it just one time and then you get back underneath it, it like resets and then it starts. If you do it again, that's like the first year. You know what I'm saying? You have to repeat it year after year for those penalties to get stiffer and stiffer. And so in this comment, he said like, we could see ourselves exceeding it for the right player for maybe a year, but then trying to get back underneath it. And so it's not like, it's not Steve Cohen. You're not hearing an owner say like, I just, I'm going to lose hundreds of million dollars. I don't care. And I just want to make the team, you know, as good as possible, no matter what it costs. That's not what you're hearing. No, but you're also not hearing like it's, there's, you know, gray area here. You're not hearing, you know, whatever you would hear from John Fisher, the A's owner, if he were to give honest public comments where it's like they're not willing to spend a dime more than the bare minimum. And that's not what the Giants are doing. And so 
Um, I think it just depends, like if the payroll really is restricted at about 160 something million. But like he basically said, that's the the goal, and and he doesn't. I don't think mean like that's the ultimate goal of the San Francisco Giants is to break even financially. Because why would it be? What there's no benefit to them to just get their money back, you know? I think he means the like because he's thinking of it from the financial side in terms of spending. The goal financially is to break even, but he kind of said it in the sense that for the right player, they're willing to go higher and they're willing to even exceed the luxury tax, um, but ideally then get back underneath it quickly. So they don't face these stiffer and stiffer penalties, which make it harder and harder to break even. And so I wouldn't rule them out on anybody. Just like last year, they went after the top guys. I mean, they went, they offered $40 million a year for nine years to Aaron Judge. They offered Carlos Correa $350 million over 13 years. And so I don't think this takes them out essentially on anyone. That being said, do I expect them to have a $300 million payroll? No. Do I expect them, if they do go anywhere near the luxury tax, to keep it up? No, I expect them to try to get back under. But it's a good thing to me that the owner is being transparent, you know, and saying that that's where they stand. And so I think that more gets made of this than than it should. And that um, I say this every year, but ultimately I can't really judge what the payroll will be until we see what the payroll will be. And right now we don't know. I know that they obviously intend to get better, but when you say what type of free agents, I wouldn't rule anybody out based on those comments. Like he said, um, and it also like a lot will be more clear once the opt out decisions are made for like Conforto and Manaya, because if those guys opt in, then that's like $30 million that you've committed to those two. But if they opt out, that's $30 million freed up next year alone. And so um, that makes a big difference. And we will know that pretty darn soon as, you know, with within days of the World Series ending. And we're already three games into the World Series. So anyway, coming up in just a minute, more questions and answers we are going to get to. Who are the players outside of Shohei Otani who would make a real impact for the San Francisco Giants? We'll get into it in just a minute. And before we do, today's episode is brought to you by our extremely good friends over at FanDuel. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. And right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's a hundred and fifty bucks if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The 49ers, they're due to win their next game. You bet five dollars uh, on the 49ers to win, and if they do, a hundred and fifty in bonus bets. I can't recommend it highly enough. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel again, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is as you would expect. Super easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more Super Bowl odds. I think the Niners are like the third favorites to win the Super Bowl right now over at FanDuel. So you can check that out and much more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. 
All right, here we go. We're going to get into more questions and answers. Thanks again for making Locked on Giants your first listen every day, every dayers. Uh, tomorrow on the show, I would anticipate probably another late show. Maybe You're probably listening to this on Tuesday morning, but it is coming out late Monday night. Um, so again, I apologize for the odd scheduling. I have moved. It has been very extremely, not just stressful, but time-consuming and Anyway, I apologize, but we're committed to the show. We're recording late at night on Friday. or That's how discombobulated I am. It's Monday, not Friday. But anyway, look out for another episode tomorrow as we are an everyday show, Monday through Friday. So the next question from Alex, who says, if uh, Yamamoto and Lee sign, does that mean we're out on Otani? Who are likely trade candidates? DiSquafani, Stripling, or Conforto if he opts in? Given Yamamoto's age, if we signed another starter like Blake Snell, Farhan has to call the Angels about Trout and include Harrison, right? So you packed, Alex, a lot of questions into this one question, but I'm going to get to them, um, I guess, in order. And so you're saying if... Yamamoto, Yoshinobu Yamamoto and Jung-Hoo Lee sign, does that mean we're out on Otani? So I'm not entirely sure if you mean like financially, does it mean that? Or if you mean, because others have asked about this, how Otani maybe, maybe prefers to play for a team where there's no other kind of Japanese legacy player uh, in the past or the present. So it kind of maybe rules out the Cubs, and um, I'm forgetting the name of the player that they have that uh, the Giants wanted as well, who he never even came to San Francisco because he heard it was, you know, really disgusting or something from Japanese media. Um, how am I forgetting forgetting his name? It's because I'm so overwhelmed and stressed with this move. But regardless, like... Uh, Maybe you mean like because Yoshinobu Yamamoto is coming out of Japan and he's a star and he's going to get probably north of 200 million from what I understand. Um, if you sign him, is Otani like, yeah, I'm going to let him do his thing in San Francisco and I'm going to go somewhere else. And Jung-Hoo Lee is from Korea, so maybe that's not the same situation. So maybe you do mean financially. Um Again, it depends on if you have $30 million committed to Conforto and Manaya or not. Maybe one of them opts in, one of them opts out, or they both opt in, or they both opt out. And we just don't know at this point in time. So we're going to have to wait on that. But I would imagine, like, realistically speaking, just getting Yamamoto and Lee would be like an enormous offseason for the Giants they would probably make some other moves too but they would be, be probably smaller so to realistically expect or even imagine that they would get Yamamoto, uh, Yamamoto Lee and Shohei Otani that's just like I can't possibly even go there with a straight face and say that yes they're going to get all three of these guys I mean that would be a dream come true and so if Yamamoto and Lee sign, does it mean we're out on Otani? Probably. They're probably out on Otani just by pure odds anyway. I think they'll go after him. But that legacy, Japanese legacy kind of thing, from what I have read, like maybe Seattle is out of the picture because of Ichiro. And so the Giants are, 
I think they really hurt themselves by having a bad year. I said at the beginning, in last offseason, at the beginning of the year, Giants need to have a good year to make San Francisco look like an attractive winning destination for Otani, and they haven't done it. And so that's a huge failure, especially if that really does play into his considerations on where to sign. So anyway, uh, moving on to your next question, who are likely trade candidates, DiSquafani, Stripling, or Conforto if he opts in? So uh, uh, DiSquafani, I don't think, has much trade value. I suppose there could be a team. I mean, you'd probably have to eat. He's owed $12 million, and uh, just the injuries have piled up, and I don't think there's much trade value there at all. Like, basically, you'd, you wouldn't get almost anything of any value at all for one year of DiScofani and for Stripling, kind of the same thing. But there could be a team that could have some interest if they're looking for starting pitching depth. Like, maybe if uh, a lot of the starters have signed elsewhere, maybe they tried to sign a guy and they didn't, and they're looking for kind of depth starting pitching, but you're not getting much for either of those guys. The The main thing you would get potentially is some money cleared. Like if there is some kind of cap, um, which there's no salary cap in baseball, but if they're restricting themselves financially, then moving these guys each out about 12 million, depending on how much the other team takes on would have an effect of some kind. And Conforto, if he opts in, I think Conforto, could have some trade value like on a one it would basically be a one-year 18 million dollar deal former borderline star player didn't have a great year at all last year it was decent but not great Uh, but he could have some trade value but I think in terms of who are the likely trade candidates I would point more towards some of the younger pitching that's not Kyle Harrison like uh like uh, Keaton Wynn or Tristan Beck, and then some of these other guys that Farhan Zaidi has mentioned as the next wave of pitching that's coming. I forget exactly who he named, but like Hayden Birdsong, and um, there's somebody else who's in AAA who made it to AAA at the end of the year. Um, I forget the names, but just like they've got this young wave, this wave of young pitching that's not necessarily on the Kyle Harrison level, but is still like Tristan Beck, like, we were all really impressed. Those of us who watched a lot of the Giants this season or all of the Giants games, Tristan Beck showed us a lot. And he's not a top prospect. No one had him on a top prospect list. Nonetheless, he's a, you know, he was a rookie this year. And there's definitely interest in a guy like that. And if they have Webb and if they sign a Yamamoto and they have Cobb coming back which again we'll talk about his injury situation a bit later and then like you said if they also sign a guy like Snell then all of a sudden you do you can trade from that depth but I think they'd rather hold on to Kyle Harrison I did answer a question maybe you heard it um, because you asked this before I answered it but I talked about the hypothetical Harrison for Trout it wasn't just Harrison for Trout straight up trade on the last episode we did on Friday. So if you want to hear my thoughts on that hypothetical trade, you can go check it out. But basically, I turned it down and said, I'm keeping Harrison. It was more complicated of an answer than that. It wasn't that straightforward. But um, I don't I don't really see them 
I think keeping Harrison is something they probably really want to do unless it's the absolute right player and an aging and very injury prone recently Mike Trout I'm not sure is the right guy there and so um, that actually answers all of the different parts of the question so coming up in just a minute we're going to shift gears and get into the injury situation with Alex Cobb it's more dire than I thought and it definitely could play and will play into the Giants' off-season plans. So more about that situation in just a minute and before we get into it. All right, as promised, more about the Alex Cobb uh, injury situation. It's kind of substantial news, and it just came out uh, tonight, so maybe I'm glad that I am recording at about 10 p.m., on a Monday. And again, I apologize for that. Thanks again for making Locked on Giants your first listen or your last listen every day, every dayers or every nighters, as somebody joked on Twitter. I appreciate the sense of humor. Um, tomorrow on the show, just uh, more mailbag questions, the latest with the Giants. I've got to catch up on everything that's going on. Again, it's been a little bit chaotic in the Caspic household, but we are going to stay on top of it and be with you every single day. Um, even if the episodes come out late. So thanks for bearing with me during this time. The next, not question, but um, thing to get into is, let me just read this press release from the Giants media. Um, It says, Giants medical update on Alex Cobb. Right-handed pitcher Alex Cobb is scheduled for surgery on his left hip tomorrow with Dr. Mark... uh, Philippone in Vail, Colorado, to address his labrum and ongoing impingement issues. After a month of rehab and multiple treatment therapies, Alex had another consultation with Dr. Uh, Philippon recently, and it was decided that surgery is the best option at this time to get him back to pitching. Return to pitching is approximately six months so they drop that at the very end of the press release six months let's see today's october 30th so let's call it i mean let's just call it october 30th november december january february march april 30th return to pitching and that's not very specific return to pitching but i assume that means i mean does that mean because pitching means like really pitching it doesn't say like return to baseball activity return to throwing it could mean i need i don't i don't know i didn't read anything other than the press release but it if it truly means like he won't even start throwing until april 30th then that is a huge deal um even if it means like returning to playing in games it would mean missing a month and often times these things get You know, they say April 30th or whatever, and then it ends up just getting pushed back. There are setbacks. So it complicates things, but it's good to know now versus finding out. I feel like there was a situation with Anthony DiScofani, I think it was, where the ankle, I forget, it was a couple years ago, and they just basically didn't deal with it until right before the season started when it's like you could have done this in the off season. But dealing with it now, he took a month. I mean, trying to avoid surgery, I understand that. Um, and so taking a month to try to rehab it and get it back and and better, um, I understand trying that. But apparently it didn't work, didn't go well. And, 
you know, the timing is interesting too because the Giants have to make just like, you know, um, Stripling and Manaya and Conforto have to make their opt out decisions. I think it's within, I think it's five days after the World Series ends. The Giants have to make their option decision, which is a $10 million option on Alex Cobb. But as I always say, there's a buyout. Like you need to know if there's a buyout and there is a buyout, meaning if they decline the $10 million option, they still have to pay him $2 million, which means it's effectively actually an $8 million decision to make on Alex Cobb. And for $8 million with the kind of production that he's put up, especially when healthy, we know he wasn't healthy for much of the second half of the season. Uh, $8 million is kind of a bargain. And so I think it depends on what that means, return to pitching in six months. That's a long time. I mean, that's it's a serious operation, it sounds like. And he is 36 years old. He turned 36 in uh, this month, actually. And so for a guy who's going to be 36 all year and having a major operation, I guess it becomes maybe more of a question if the Giants pick that option up given this news, but I would still expect them to pick it up because $8 million, I mean, that's, you you know, Anthony Discofani is being paid 12, Ross Stripling's getting 12 and a half, Manaya 12 and a half. So $8 million for a guy who's better than all of those guys. Um, I think it makes a lot of sense. It just depends on how much you believe how much time you believe he's going to miss because of this injury but that being said if the surgery helps and he's comes back and is like back to his peak self and is feeling great then i mean the fact that he's 36 years old and he's still willing uh to undergo a major operation and do all the rehab and all that just to come back tells me that he intends on you know pitching even beyond 2020 for potentially and so good for him he clearly loves the game and is dedicated to his craft and is passionate about pitching and so i would still expect the giants to pick that up but maybe it becomes a little i mean they farhan zaidi has already said that one of their he's like repeated it multiple times and so when when he does that it's a real sign like okay you better pay attention to what he's saying here he said that frontline starting pitching is something that they are interested in and going to target this offseason. And so you've got Logan Webb, you've got potentially like an injured Alex Cobb, and then after that you've got a Kyle Harrison and you've got all these young guys, like I said, Tristan Beck, Keaton Wynn, etc., etc. But I feel like there's a need for another top-end guy. So Blake Snell has been mentioned. Blake Snell pitched for Bob Melvin in San Diego the last couple years. Snell had an unbelievable season. Um, Probably going to win the Cy Young Award. And uh, there's also Yoshinobu Yamamoto out of Japan, who's probably going to get in excess of $200 million. And Farhan Zaidi was literally in Japan watching Yamamoto like last week or two weeks ago now at this point, I think. But so I, you know, and the Giants haven't had that hard of a time attracting top end starting pitchers. The more the difficulty they've had is attracting hitters. And so the fact that the strength of this free agent market, when we look at Aaron Nola, Blake Snell, 
Yamamoto, and there are others as well. I would say the strength of this free agent class, Shohei Otani, he's not going to pitch next year, but eventually uh, uh, plans on continuing to be a pitcher. Um, I'm, I'm kind of scrolling through some of the names. Jordan Montgomery is out there too as a starting pitcher. Like I said, Aaron Nola, Lucas Giolito, I don't really consider him all that great. Uh, just kind of looking through. Sonny Gray is the guy, Bay Area ties. And so I could easily see them. Marcus Stroman as well. Eduardo Rodriguez, if he opts out. And I think Stroman has an opt out as well. Michael Lorenzen. There's just a lot of starting pitching. And I think the Giants, if they want to get high-end starting pitching, the issue hasn't been that they've tried to sign high-end starting pitching. The issue has been that they haven't made an effort to sign high-end starting pitching. But Zaidi clearly um, signaling that that is kind of their intention this offseason. I think they need bats too. I, I need to always pref, you know, add that point. I don't think just adding pitching is enough. They definitely need to add hitters as well. But if you get a Yamamoto and like was mentioned earlier, a Jung-Hoo Lee as your pure center fielder, which they've also mentioned as a target, or Cody Bellinger or someone like that, um, and then you kind of fill in the pieces around the rest of the roster, that's a pretty good offseason, I would say. And then you add the Shohei Otani pursuit perhaps in the middle of it all, and it's going to be fascinating. So anyway, big Alex Cobb news uh, there, but we obviously wish him the best, and he's having that surgery on Tuesday, it sounds like, and six-month recovery time. I'll give you an update when I have it about what does that mean, six-month return to pitching. Does that mean back in games, or does that mean like he's going to start rehabbing, which would take a long t- that would mean he would I, I don't know what that would mean but it would be much worse than if it means like return to game action anyway that is all the time we have for today thanks again for making locked on giants your first listen every day maybe your last listen every day depending on the time uh once again my name is ben caspic check me out on twitter or x at ben caspic k-a-s-p-i-c-k if you like this show please consider rating it or leaving a review it helps me out tremendously so thank you in advance and thanks to everyone who's done so already i can't wait to be with you again tomorrow thanks again for listening today thanks for bearing with me as i go through this moving process anyway you are now locked on giants Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.